going to get to why that's important in a second. Uh, I just want to welcome you guys all for being here with us tonight. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us online tonight as well, um, or whether you're listening to this in the future at some time. We love you too. We think that you're awesome as well. Uh, we're continuing our series DNA tonight, guys. Like I said in the beginning, I really believe that it is God's desire, his dream for you to have the best possible group, the best possible community, and the deepest, uh, most meaningful friendships that you could possibly have. So that's why we're doing this series called DNA. It's about the building blocks of community because as we begin to not only learn these things, but we begin to live these things out, I really believe that God will show us and he will deliver to us very deep friendships, the friendships that we desire, the community that what we've always wanted. Again, I just want to remind you guys, uh, I learned all this from a book. Uh, it's called Together, a church called Watermark out in Dallas, Texas, put them out. So it's not original to me, um, but it was so formative for me, so transformative for me. I was like, I have got to share this with you guys, and I think it is so great. So we're going to continue um, that series uh, tonight. Uh, but just to review uh, really quick, coming on screen where we've been over the past few weeks. So you guys remember our first Tuesday back, we talked about how this season we really believe that God is calling us to grow and learning about him and, and learning and getting better at community and then learning and growing and being hospitable. Uh, so after that, last week we learned about um, how to devote daily through scripture. I think it's coming on screen any minute now. Um, but uh, we learned about devoting daily through scripture. And what that means is the pursuit of God through prayer and through reading the Word. So that's what we covered last week. Uh, If you guys missed that last week, go back and listen to it again. Uh, And then tonight, we're talking about pursuing each other relationally. So if you think about it this way, last week we talked about what it means to pursue God. This week we're going to talk about what it means to pursue each other, to pursue our neighbor, to love the person around me. Uh, And when I say that, you know, you guys have been going to church or you've heard about uh, Christians and stuff before, and it's like, you know, we're always talking about how we're supposed to love people, how we're supposed to love each other. And honestly, like, it's kind of ambiguous when we say that. Like, what does that mean? How do I practically actually go about loving people? Do I just walk up to people and say, I love you? You know, like, what do I do? You know, so I'm hoping that tonight we can really explore that more. But thinking about this value, what it did was it actually really got me thinking about uh, a trip that I got to take a few years ago um, back to Paris. Uh, And if you guys have ever talked to people who have traveled over to Europe, a lot of people tell you to go look at this thing or to go check out this monument or to go see this historical thing. Uh, and some things that you go see, honestly, I think are just a little bit overrated, like it's a little bit of a waste of the time. Uh, seeing the Eiffel Tower is not one of those things. Um, I'm telling you, seeing the Eiffel Tower was like one of those moments in life where it felt like time was just slowed down to a stop, and I can just still remember how I felt in that moment, how the air smelled, the way that the light was uh, casting and everything. Uh, it was such a huge moment for me. Even just seeing the Eiffel Tower from far, far off, I remember we were walking to it, you can just see it kind of sprout out of the cityscape, and you can see it in the distance, and it's just so beautiful and magnificent. And then you get close to it, and it's like, wow, this is still cool. Like, even while I'm up close to it, I'm like below it, like looking up into it. But then you get the experience of going up on the observation deck, of actually getting in an elevator and then going up to uh, the t- to, to this observation deck where you can see like the whole city of Paris. It's got 360 views. You can walk around and you can see um, just the whole city and it's just amazing. I can just remember taking in this moment being like, wow, this is awesome. Like, this is so great. And then uh, someone that was with me, uh, that was with our group, tapped me on the shoulder and she was like, hey, do you want to go all the way to the top? And I was like, I thought we were at the top. This is the observation deck. She's like, no, it goes up even further. 
than this. And I was like, oh, sure, we can do that. So we press in like through the crowd and, and it's getting like tighter and tighter and tighter uh, in there because there's just so many people crowded on this observation deck. And then I kid you not, we get in this tiny little like rickety elevator that looks like it was built a hundred years ago and you can only fit like six or seven people in it and you're pressed in like this and this thing starts cranking going up. And I mean, it is creaking like you've never heard before. And we're like way high up in the air. And I'm like, we're literally in a hundred year old elevator. And I'm like doing mental math in my head, like calculating up everyone's weight that's on there. And I'm like guessing, I'm like, this person right here is definitely good for a buck 50. I know how much I weigh. Like, are we going to make it up this thing or not? And I'm like sweating bullets because I'm so uncomfortable as we creak our way up to the very top of the tire. But then when you get up on top of it, it was like a whole new experience. It was even better. It was even better than anything else that I had seen before. It was better than being on the ground. It was better than whenever we were below it. It was better than on the observation deck. Just being able to see, I can still see that moment just crystallized in my mind. But what that required was me pressing through some uncomfortable stuff. I had to press through some things that I, I, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to do, but the payout was so much bigger, so much better, guys. And, and I'm telling you, I really think that this is the way that we think about groups, or we need to start thinking about groups, because some of us in here, like we've intended to go to group before. Like that sounds like a good idea. That's something that I think I need to do. Maybe we've intended to start a group or to lead a group or to invite a friend to group like we've intended to do that. There's some of us in here who have attended a group before. Like we've gone to it. We maybe gone to it a few times. We try to be faithful to it through a season. And I'm telling you that tonight what I think God has for us is even if you've just attended, you've only been on the observation deck. He wants you to go to the tip top. He wants you to experience that life-altering, life-changing, transformative moment with other people around you. But what that might require for you is you might have to press in a little further than you've ever gone before. You might have to try some new things that you've never done before in order to get there, guys. Because I really believe when we start pursuing each other relationally, it will be a life-transforming experience for you. You will look back as one of those fork-in-the-road moments, one of those mile-marker moments in your life when you commit to doing this. And you will say, I'm a better person for this now. I've laughed more. I've smiled more. I've gone further and farther than I ever thought that I could go. And I really believe that tonight. So uh, before we go any further, let's just pray. Let's ask God to help us tonight. God, we're here for no other reason uh, than to be here for you tonight. God, we want to learn from your word. God, we don't want to learn from David tonight. We want to learn from you. So Lord, I pray that I, God, would just be a tool in your hands. God, that I would just be that vessel that we just sang about. Lord, that you would fill me, God, with a new power. Lord, I pray that you would just speak through me tonight. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room who just came in here today and their, their mind or their heart is just full or it's heavy or it's anxious. God, I just know that in this room there's an innumerable amount of struggles. Lord, and that's too big for me, but it's not too big for you. And Lord, I believe and we believe that you want us to live this value, God, that you don't want us just to learn about it. You don't want us just to hear a good talk about it. God, you want to see us put this into action with those who are around us. God, that's our desire of our heart. Help us do that tonight. 
Lord, we love you and we praise you. We ask this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want you guys to flip or tap your way over to Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. If you don't have your copy of God's Word with you tonight, you can follow along on the screen uh, with me. So if you're new to the book of, the Roman, uh, book of Romans, if you've uh, maybe not read it for a while, um, this is kind of like a cornerstone book in the New Testament. It's about God's plan really to rescue and redeem humanity. Uh, and, and not only that, it's part of his plan to rescue and redeem humanity so that humans might in turn represent God on earth. And he has a specific way that he wants us to represent him. And the, and the cool thing about that is, is it's not just one of those things where we do it just to do it, but God actually tells us that, hey, when we, when we represent God well and we do it the way that he wants us to do it, we bring some of heaven here to earth and we get to experience these little pockets of heaven and earth overlapping together. But the way that we do that is it's not that you go to a specific place at a specific time. It's whenever God's people represent him by doing what God tells us to do. And that is all of the book of Romans. That's what it's all about. Is the first 11 chapters is how God made that possible. Chapters 12 through 16 is God basically pulling back the covers and saying, hey, this is exactly how you're going to do it. So we're going to zero in on just one of those ways uh, tonight. And that's where we're going to start right here in verses 9 and 10. Uh, it says this, um, so don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Look, all of us in here, we have all had those moments in life where we have experienced some fake acceptance or we've gone to something that has felt inauthentic or felt kind of plastic. All of us in here have memories where we had people who we thought were our friends, but it turns out that they were fake friends. And if we're honest, those are not good memories. You do not look back on those moments fondly. And God is calling us not to do that, but God is calling us actually to have real, genuine friendships. And here is what I think can uh, typically happen when it comes to, to the context of our groups. And as I say this, some of you guys can probably agree with me uh, that this has been your experience. As groups meet for their official meeting time. Your group starts at Monday at 7.30. Your group starts at Thursday at 7. Your group starts at Sunday at 9 a.m. Uh, but you go to this group and the people in the group just kind of look at people in their groups as like, well, those are like my group friends. Like, they're just the people that I hang out with in my group. They're not like my actual friends. Like, I don't actually see these people outside of the official meeting time, unless I run into them on Sunday or Tuesday. They're not like my actual friends. And then someone uh, maybe has tried to attend your group for a, a few weeks, maybe a few months, and then they leave. And you don't see them again. Even though they attended the group before, they were a part of the gathering, they never felt like they were genuinely relationally connected to other people around them. Yet, when we look at what Romans is calling us to do right here in Romans chapter 12, 9 and 10, Paul is calling us to genuinely love other people with a real, authentic affection. Now listen, I get it. Like sometimes that's on them. Sometimes you try your best, sometimes you put your best foot forward out there, and, and it, it doesn't work. And we're going to get to more of that in a second. But listen, I really think that the secret sauce to building a great group, to having these life-transforming friendships, is when we put all these values together, but specifically what we're going to talk about tonight 
is having life outside of group, having life outside of the times that we gather to worship here at church. It's not the official group time. And I don't think it's as hard as we think. Because already right here, I can hear people's minds spinning and thinking like, gosh, I cannot add one more thing to my plate. I'm an introvert. My batteries are already dead by Wednesday morning because I'm trying to help other people. Like I hear all of it right now. I'm telling you, I I really think it's not as hard as we think. So I just want to give you guys four ways really quick that I think we can genuinely love other people around us and we can pursue them relationally. That's our second value again tonight is pursuing them relationally. Okay, the first one coming on screen is this is we can share meals together. We can share meals together. That's why I ask you guys what your favorite meal is. There are so many stories about Jesus eating with people and his day-to-day life and his rhythms and teaching. Like he would just eat with people and he would just start talking with them and he would start talking about where they're at in life and what the kingdom of God is like and would teach them more about himself. In fact, Jesus did this so much. In Matthew chapter 11, Matthew actually records for us, it says the son of man, okay, that's just code name for Jesus whenever he says that. He says the son of man came eating and drinking. Jesus came eating and drinking. And in fact, he ate with people and he hung out with people and drank with people so much that people started accusing Jesus of being a glutton and a drunkard because this guy hung out with people so much. Okay, I don't actually think that Jesus was a glutton. I don't actually think that he was a drunkard. But the fact of the reality is, is the people that were against Jesus when he was alive walking on the earth 2,000 years ago could use this against him because the guy did it that much. Like, I'm just telling you, you just can't go far in Jesus' life without him seeing, seeing him share meals with people. Think about it. He fed the 5,000. Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread. Why? So that he could sit down and share a meal even with 5,000 people. After the resurrection, if you guys flip over to the last chapter of the book of Luke, it's just one guy's perspective, one guy's story on who Jesus was. In Luke chapter 24, there is this crazy story where after Jesus has died and he rose again, he appears to the disciples and they kind of like don't recognize it's him. And you know what he does? It says he sits down and he breaks bread with them. This guy came back from the dead and he was like, you know what? Let's sit down and have a snack. I got to talk to you guys about this. I just imagine that was like one of those moments where it's like, this is going to be so hard for you to believe. I need you not to hear this on an empty stomach, you know? Like, Jesus was all about that. And he sits down and he's like, hey guys, I'm the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And look, you know that I was dead and that I rose again. Now sit here, let's break some bread, let's talk about this. Let me help you understand that, guys. We eat three meals a day, seven days a week. It's 21 meals. 21 meals. A really great way that we can pursue each other with genuine affection is just sitting down and sharing a meal with some people who are around us. In fact, uh, in the future, we're going to talk more about this uh, in, in a future series, but I just want to give you guys a little sneak peek as I've been reading and doing all this research about human happiness. Man, what makes humans happy? And, and psychologists and scientists have all these different metrics and ways that they want to measure human happiness, but uh, the reality is, is when you sit down and you share a meal with somebody that you love, when you have a really good dinner, a really good lunch, you just have a good time just sitting, eating, talking, and stuff like that, that is the highest level of happiness that humans experience here. Like it just is. 
You know, and the reality is, is in 2020, like we eat by ourselves more now than ever in the history of our nation, ever, ever. Man, so what better way can we begin to pursue those that are around us? Can we begin to pursue those that we know? Can, how can we better invite people into our community than just inviting someone over some pasta? Man, I love pasta. Anybody in here a fan of carbs like me? Yeah, we got a few honest people in here, maybe one. Man, what could be better than inviting someone out for a hot drink and enjoying some of this fall weather sitting outside? Guys, it's so simple, it's transformative. It's so simple, it's transformative. But sharing meals, sharing meals, that's one, it's the first way we can begin to practically, genuinely pursue those who are around us. Second thing is we can care for each other. We can care for each other. First uh, Corinthians 12, uh, 25 through 26 says this. It says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, then all the parts are glad, guys. We have to care for each other. And what that does is it creates harmony. It curates harmony in your life. When you care for other people and you allow other people to care for you, it creates harmony. What is harmony? Harmony is when we take a lot of different musical sounds that are chaotic on their own and we bring them and reorder them together to make something beautiful. When you care for someone, when you love for someone, it takes the chaos that we experience in this world that's all discombobulated and out of order and it rearranges and reorders it into something beautiful. Man, is that not the desire of all of our hearts? Like we sit down and we're honest deep down. Isn't that what we want to do, guys? We want to love each other. And, and, and it's easy to do. It's so easy to, to get this, to do this. Like help someone who's in need. Help someone that you know. Whenever they've got to move a piece of furniture at their house, whenever they're moving apartments, whenever they need help repainting a wall, like go help them. Go help them. Yeah, you might not be able to sleep in on Saturday morning, but go help them because the payout for that is going to be better. If you know someone that's having a rough time at work and they're, and they're in their group and they're like, man, I'm just having such a hard time getting along with my boss, with my coworkers. Like, I just, this is so hard right now. Like, write them a note of encouragement. Like, just write them a little note. Like, hey, like, I'm praying for you. I believe in you. You can do it. Like, God is with you. You guys have no idea, no idea how far that will go for someone, how much that can mean. Send someone a text just to say, hey, I was thinking about you today. I was praying for you today, let them know that you're praying for them. Just a simple text can go so far. It's so simple. It's so easy, but so powerful. It's not hard to do, guys. When you guys are commuting, I know you guys are driving up 64 and through the HRBT every day and you're getting stuck in traffic. Like, you know, instead of listening to music, like call someone. Call someone in your group just to catch up, just for a few minutes. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Just let them know, like, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. What's, what's, what have you been doing today? And you don't have to do it every single day, like, you know, just straight up every single day, like I'm calling so many people. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to be weird about it. But I am telling you to be consistent about it. Man, ask someone that's new at church, ask someone that's new to group just to sit with you. You know how much that can mean? You know how much, how far that can go? Just to pursue someone, just to show them 
hospitality, it's not hard to care for other people, but what it requires is you taking initiation. It's you taking the first move. Third thing that we can do is pray for each other. Pray for each other. Colossians 4.2 says we need to devote ourselves to prayer. We need to devote ourselves to doing that. And we talked a lot about praying last week, so I don't want to camp out here for too long, but I, I do want to say this, is, is when you guys are going on those prayer walks, remember we talked about that last week, these 10-minute routes that are device-free, you know, you leave your watch, uh, Apple Watch behind, you leave your phone behind, leave your AirPods behind, leave all your devices behind, don't make any exceptions, you know, just go on a little 10-minute walk around your neighborhood or wherever it is, uh, you know, and just pray, just talk to God. Like, as you're doing that, like, think about the people who are in your group, your friends who are those who are around you, and pray for them. And whatever way that you can, whatever way that you can think of, pray for that person. Pray that they would take a new and deeper step with Jesus Christ. Pray that they would be a light, they'd be salt and light to those who are around them. Pray that they would be lifted up by God's Spirit. Pray that God would minister to them in whatever way that they need. Think about the ways that they brought up prayer requests in group, guys. Write those down and pray for them. You know how much it means to someone when someone mentions a prayer request and then you go back to group the next week and you say, hey, how did that go? How'd that go? It's so simple, but it means so much, guys. Sometimes greatness, it's not just doing something that's just, you know, uh, you know, super innovative or anything like that. Sometimes it's just doing these really easy, simple things consistently and well. And I would also add genuinely on the end of that. So write down those prayer requests. Follow up with them. Think about them as you're praying. Finally, the fourth thing, the last thing is this. It's have fun. Like, have fun. Uh, and the thing about fun is, is you kind of have to actually be serious about having fun. Like, if you're going to set out to have a good time, like, you've got to set out to have a good time because they don't just happen by accident. Uh, if your group's having, like, a family meal night or a fellowship night, like, the reality is is sometimes we do these things and people are like, oh, I'm not coming to that tonight. There's no lesson. I ain't getting fed by the Spirit. I'm not going to go. Like, get over yourself, you know? If you want to be a stick in the mud, do that while you're at home, and then come be fun with the rest of us. Like, don't skip over that night just because there's no lesson. And listen, believe me when I say this, is I, I'm being serious. In Ecclesiastes 3, 4, it says there's a time for everything, that there's a time for mourning, and there's a time for dancing. Like, there is a time that we need to be digging into the Word, and we need to be serious about what we're studying, and we need to be serious about who God is, and serious about the character of God, and then there is a time for us to have fun and be joyous together, because God is a joyous God, and He wants us to represent Him in that way. And we got to be serious in the way that we do that, guys. There's a time for learning, there's a time for caring, and there's a time for fun. So get creative. Get creative about the way that you have fun uh, with your group and do some stuff outside of the official group time. Guys, one of the best ways that you can show love for someone else is being creative in the way that you do that. So outside the official group time, outside of Sunday, outside of Tuesday, like go play Frisbee, watch a football game together, go rock climbing, do a craft night if you like making crafts. I don't like making crafts, so don't invite me to do that. That will, not, that will not love me well if you guys invite me to do that. I'm just being super, super real with you. You know, fall is coming up. There's like a million festivals in Hampton Roads. You know what I mean? I feel like that's like one thing I learned about this place when I showed up. I was like, there's a festival for everything here. Um, you know, when you're going out to one of these million festivals, like hit some people up and say, hey, we're coming to do this. Like come together 
and come with me. Like, come together and come with me, guys. Build natural overlap in your life. Don't try to add something else to your plate. Like, bring other people into what you're already doing. You're already eating three meals a day. Bring people in to share a meal with you. You're already commuting every single day. Make the most of the commute. You already want something to do on Friday or Saturday. Bring other people in to do that. Stuff that you're already doing. And look, like, some of you right now are thinking like, I would invite someone in to join me with this. I'm just not sure if they're going to like it. Should I do that? And like the reality is, it's like some of y'all in here, like we got some real niche hobbies. All right, I'm, I'm like that too. So it's like, is someone really going to want to go with me to like the antique, antique lamp show? Like, I don't know. I've only, I don't know many people that are super into antique lamps. Maybe someone might want to come learn about it, you know? Maybe someone who's a real Enneagram 5 who wants to kind of just learn everything they can. But listen, like the reality is, is like nobody's going to say no to a canvas run on a Saturday. Everybody loves doing that. You know, guys, build natural overlap. Share meals, share experiences. And I'm telling you, you will love Jesus more and you will love your neighbor better if you do. And I know what some of you are thinking. David, that sounds really great. That sounds super cool. But the people in my group, I don't know if you've seen them before, they're a little rough around the edges. Not always my cup of tea. I'm pretty, I'm pretty spiritual, so I'll show up to group time, and I'll study the Bible with these people. But you will not catch me at Subway with them. I won't do it. I won't do it. Like, they're just not like me. They don't have similar interests to me. You know, we don't even really dress the same. If we went somewhere, I'm not sure what we could talk about. Like, I'm really not sure I could really try to be friends with this person outside of group. Can I just tell you this? Like, that's so unrealistic and so idealistic for us to think that when we show up at a group or we show up at a church or we show up at a ministry or that you show up anywhere that involves other human beings and that you're all just going to magically click together. That's just not how life works. That's just not how reality is. So maybe you need to re-examine your expectations for others. And honestly, it's like a little bit selfish to just think like everyone needs to adhere to like what like I want to do and what I like and they need to be more like me in order for me to move towards them, in order for me to initiate connection with them, in order for me to love them the way that Jesus loves me. They need to become more like me. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, you will form some of the strongest friendships with people who the very first time you met them, you thought, no way I'm being friends with that guy. I'm telling you, you will. I know you guys are all going to leave here and think that I'm crazy now, but I'm telling you, if you try this, you put this into practice, you bring your expectations down to reality, change your mindset, change your viewpoint, and you become an initiator. Guys, it's Romans 15, 7. Jesus was the initiator towards us. Imagine if he had not come to us first. We can't go to him. 
He has to come to us first, and we have to represent him in that way. If Jesus did that, then we do too. And I'm telling you, that's going to require some of you guys reframing and rechanging the way that you think about small group. Reframing and rechanging the way you think about coming to gatherings like this. And more than that, it's going to involve you guys saying no to some good things so that you can say yes to some great things. Because I get it. As young adults, there is nothing more valuable to us than freedom and mobility. We want to have maximum freedom, maximum choice, maximum mobility all the time. But, man, I love this quote by John Mark Comer. I I want us to read it together. It's coming on the screen. It says, community requires commitment. You cannot have good community, you cannot have good friendships without being committed to it. It's something that you have to work at, you have to invest at, that you have to train for, you have to discipline yourself for, that you have to work at all the time. You will not build a good friendship with any person on this planet unless you're committed to doing it. Community requires commitment, but listen, commitment requires constraint. To be committed to something means you say yes to that because you believe it has the absolute highest value, so you're willing to say no to other things, even if those things are good as well. So to build great community, to pursue others well, to pursue others relationally, we're going to have to say no to some stuff. But you got to look at it like, man, I'm not saying no to this and I'm going to lose out on it and it's gone. You're saying, hey, I'm saying yes to the best possible thing. I am investing, I'm putting my time in this because I'm seeing how it grows. I'm seeing how I can get a return on investment in it. Guys, it requires constraint. It requires constraint. Would you guys pray with me right now and just we would just pray that this would just become us, this would become the cry of our hearts. This is what we would be. Lord, we love you so much. God, and I just pray right now that, God, we would love those around us genuinely. God, that our affection would be sincere. That when people come in this place that they wouldn't see fakeness or uh, inauthentic love or anything like that. God, but they would be able to see the way that we you have loved us, that we would love those people like that. God, I pray for people in our group right now, Lord, we, we repent. God, of maybe just thoughts and feelings or things that we've said to other people that we know, people that are yoked together in our community. Lord, we repent maybe of ways that we've thought about them. God, we're sorry for that. Lord, I and mean, that's not who we want to be, and we don't want to do that again. Lord, would you help us right now in this moment just become those people who can represent you well. God, we, we desire your kingdom. We desire to be better. And we desire to pursue you in everything, Lord, even when it's hard. And even when you have to change our minds and change our thoughts and change the way we think about it. Lord, that's what we want to do. Lord, we thank you for this time that we've got to share together. God, I thank you for speaking powerfully through your word. God, I just pray as we leave this place that maybe even now, maybe even tonight, Lord, we begin to put these things into practice.
God, we love you and praise you. We ask this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. 